Okay, and we are live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Pador, and hey, guess what? It's October 1st. You know what that means? We survived another week on this earth. We have woke up seven more times and went to bed seven more times and did routines and work and aggravations and bank transactions, and more importantly, we ate food can't get any more better than that by the by the year is 2021 october 1st 2021 happy halloween to get there eventually so um it is a different and special and good type of frankly speaking podcast one because we're actually beginning on time but next week we're not going to so bear that in mind um but as a result I am able to have that guest that I was hinting towards. Well, they're here. They're live and they're with me right now. And the topic for today is going to be nothing other than just a very brief week update. Because we're going to be talking about comic books. We're going to be talking about the comic books that we love, the difference of purchasing them, and a lot more, which my guest will be able to explain. Who is my guest? Why, you've probably heard her. Yes, her many times on my live streams before. She's been a very close, dear, and best friend of mine for years. She's a musician like myself. She has her bachelor's in music education, and she's picked up a couple of hobbies that I've introduced her for, and one which I have gained and benefited from ever since she began doing this hobby as well is comic books. I've learned a lot from her, and I think you can as well. So please give a very warm and generous podcast introduction welcome to Shell Beast, also known as Shelby. Hello. Hello. A long introduction, I know, but I think you deserve it. Thanks. Oh, yeah. And just like any other of my Fapism Plays streams, I always commemorate it to a shot. So here is... Uh, podcast number four of the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast with my first guest. So, prost. Prost. Hmm. I'm genuinely surprised about what that was. Yeah. Was that... it clear liquid, water, Everclear, vodka, or gin? Which one? No, it would be shitty if I just put all those in one. <laughs> okay. So, um, like I said brief week update. Would you like to go first? Uh, sure. I'm on vacation. That's my week update. Uh, I've been streaming, doing my own thing, getting my mixology videos, which I'm actually going to have to record some more this evening. But hey, you know, it's a Friday. going to have fun. Um, but just relaxing. Trying not to focus on uh, work stresses. Just, I, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't care. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here to relax. My two-week, very deserved vacation. Um, so, woo. Yeah, absolutely. By the by, and I will shout out to this now and also at the end of the podcast, but please check her out. Uh, she has a Twitch account just like myself. It's Shelbeast with three E's, S-H-E-L-B-E-E-S-T. You also check out her YouTube channel, spelled the same for her Mixology videos, and once she uh, learns how to work Adobe Premiere Pro, 
video game clips and things will be up as well, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, am I missing anything? She has an Instagram. She has a Twitter. Which I you, have a hover. A hover. Oh yes, hover. Uh, hover. Gg slash shellbeast. Yep. Uh, so yes, please check her out. She does great work, and it's funny watching her rage on Black Diablos in Monster Hunter World. And Azure Wrath of Los, apparently. Yeah. So please be kind and let her know that uh, that she's welcomed and loved. My week, uh, I've been doing the usual job that I have, but I've also set up a slew of interviews and I will be having my potential third one tomorrow. I'm still debating as to whether or not I want to do it because I'm kind of potentially highly considering one job, but I won't say what it is or when it will happen until I officially decide and move forward with it, but that's what I've been doing in addition to working, uh, job interviews, job hunting, and I've been streaming more myself, which has been quite fun. Oh, and also, Twitch, you need to fix something, get your game together, because your counting is really throwing me off. Reason why I say that, as I look now on OBS Studios, I see that my Twitch stats, my followers, are 23. When I went on to Twitch itself and viewed my profile, it also said 23. However, when the Twitch stream summary came this morning, when I woke up and read it, it said I had 22 followers. So I went to my Twitch channel and I individually counted how many followers I had and it counted 24. Spam call, Washington, DC. So Twitch, what am I to believe? The names that I see, your summaries, or the stats? Get it fixed. I like consistency. Okay, that's it. So, I'm you can't, all can't see, but I have in front of me comics, both slabbed, unslabbed, in hard plastic, uh, but all of them are bagged with backboards. So, uh... I guess first and foremost, uh, other than just me introducing to you, hey, here's a comic book shop and let's go look at comics, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what actually made you wish to purchase and continue and start collecting comic books? I'm a nerd and I'm a completionist. <laughs> okay, I'm a geek, fine, whatever, the, yeah. the, whole, the softer terms, I suppose. Um, I'm just a completionist with things. It's... Once you find something that you like, I like the art style specifically of the comic book character that I, I uh, that I collect, and I also just specifically like. Okay, I'm a Marvel person. I just specifically like Marvel in general. I feel like the artists that they got, although I know that some have been shared through DC as well, and other image and like the image in the um, independent uh, publishers. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel Marvel has they ju they just got all the good stuff. Sure. Um, I could be wrong, totally wrong. You know, up to, it's up to your own opinion. Don't hate me for my own opinion. Um, but yeah, that's. And your main Marvel hero that you collect is Doctor Strange. Okay, and why? Um, I don't know. I always kind of liked the characters that were assholes, as an Iron Man as well. Yeah, he's just huge asshole, dear God. Yeah. Um. 
and Doctor Strange is uh, he's egotistical, um, and I just I just find like well he's really intelligent for one, and so so is Iron Man. Um, but I feel that Dr. Strange being, you know, the neurosurgeon that he is and everything that he went through, um, and how, how low he basically had to stoop his ego, um, to become who he is now, which is Sorcerer Supreme. Right. Um, which actually, no, I think he's retired, but. Oh, is that canon? I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't read up to the comics that have alluded to such. Okay. Um, there's a lot of comics. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. There's a lot of comics. Um, but he's just... He's just a guy that knows some magic and can uh, dive into other realms of the universe to use that magic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So is it just immediately you were able to latch on to him specifically to begin your your collection it seemed like that i mean he was also one of the first comics that i purchased yes so and i just remember i would i was thumbing through the comic knowing i think it was like number six of sorcerer supreme i think is what i purchased um and i just was thumbing through i was like this art style is really awesome and just kind of reading through what i could and what i could understand um, just because the story's in the middle, you know. Yeah. Um, and just thinking, oh, this is actually quite interesting. Yeah. So, how long have you been collecting for, then? I have been collecting since, like, October, November 2017. So it's basically an anniversary, almost. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Oh, happy four years. Woo! Within that four years, though, you went from purchasing that one out of a gambit yeah. And you've now collected what percentage of of uh, strange comics? I want to say like 92, 93%. It's mostly complete. Yeah. I think I'm missing um 22 <clears throat> comics. Wow. Um yeah, I'm only missing 22, mind you, 21 of those is uh of his very first series right. of Strange Tales, which is the older comics. So, I know that you and I, uh, we've been using um, our Google Sheets mm -hmm. uh, in order to like keep track of our comic book collection, and you've done a fantastic job of collecting or purchasing those uh, price books and also adding the price to it, but how much would you want to uh, estimate that you have spent collecting your collection not just for strange you can do strange by itself but you your entire collection just every single comic book you purchased how much do you think you've actually spent uh with your collection easily twenty five hundred dollars yeah although the collection's worth is much more right i i, I would hope so yeah <laughs> yeah there was a there was a time uh where shelby and i um we went to uh, my comic shop and we just had a period within our life where we were attending weekly auctions mm -hmm. and buying up these slabbed comics uh, that we liked. I have personally the first Punisher series, all five issues slabbed and rated rather highly. Yeah. So throughout your four years of collecting though, you've... Uh, You've solidified some characters that you definitely want to collect and complete, mm -hmm. but along with that, you also discovered 
and learned quite a bit about comics and just how the book, the cover of the comic can actually reveal a lot more than what many people may know. Yes. So dive dive into that. What what can you share? What uh, okay? So it, minus the fact that I have told you about some of this, mm-hmm. uh, what can you tell me about the difference? What, do you know anything about newsstand comics? I know only that what you told me, and if I remember correctly, uh, newsstand comics were comics that were literally sold on the street in newsstands. Uh, they yes. would just be delivered and they were just comic books at the time so no one really paid attention to them they would purchase them they'd read them and then they'd basically discard them not really realizing that hey this this might catch on like the computer or the automobile yeah so uh newsstand comics are more they became more rare as time went on because they're was less of them available uh, in the purchasing world because then it all just went to retail and just shipped directly to comic book stores and retailers. I think. Yes, that's essentially the summary of what I'm all going to explain. Okay. (laughs) Um, So essentially what it is, is newsstand comics, he is correct that they were just comics sold at newsstands. You've probably seen them in movies, any of like the older time movies where it's like, you know, get your paper here, you know, whatever. And, you know, you walk up and you toss them a dime for the newspaper for the day or whatever. Do they even Um, count them? I feel like they just threw change and they'd be like, oh, I should cover it. Essentially. Um, But they also had comic books there. Now, you have to think about it in the times uh, before before comic book stores even became a thing. And I think like the first comic, but like direct comic store meant for comics uh, didn't come about until like early 1970s, I want to say. Okay. Um, so it wasn't really even a thing, and they were really rare to find. Like, you know, you'd have to go probably travel across states in order to get to one. So, meh, eh, why would you bother? Yeah. Um, but you have to think about like newsstand comics. Well, weather happens, it rains. Some of those comics were probably on those little, uh, you know, wire turnstiles that you just spin around and they weren't bagged and tagged like we do nowadays um so it rains Mm -hmm. all right well you have water damage um it gets windy and they rip a little bit sure okay well you've now got a rip in your comic um so to find these now in such great condition is really rare um, but not uncommon. I mean, it's rare, but not uncommon because you did have people back in that day that'd be like, oh, I got to go run out to the newsstand really quick, you know, throw my nickel at them or throw my quarter at them uh, for whatever Spider-Man comic. And you run upstairs and you read it and then you keep it in your stack of little comic books that you have. Yeah, I- because the bagging and tagging, when I, when we say bagging and tagging, it literally means bag, putting it in a comic bag and tagging it with the backboard. That's all it really means. Yeah. Um, you can also actually tag it with a sticker on the top. Some of ours have that. Yeah, um, but that, you know, but those, those kids were like kids, you know, yeah. or even young adults didn't really do yeah. that all that often. Yeah, they got kids back in those days, like they got their nickel allowance for taking out the trash or 
mowing the lawn and then they would just spend it on one comic or two comic books and little did most of them realize yeah that they would actually become worth something so but there's a difference um if you think about it this is newsstand versus direct edition comics newsstand comics are obviously from newsstand direct edition come directly from the creator the publisher marvel dc although dc didn't really do this marvel is really the one that kind of tackled this whole newsstand versus direct edition they didn't other publishers they just kind of like oh, okay we'll just whatever mm -hmm. keep it the same yeah they didn't really screw around with it but marvel did marvel went through so many things they did so many different things and it's you know get your story straight essentially marvel <laughs> um so what i've got here is i've actually got some of my older comics um and these are my slabbed comics um, now, mind you, the very first direct edition comic was not released until late 1979. Okay. And there wasn't that many of them. Oh. Um, because if you look, what I, I have a little graph here. Um, and if y'all are wanting any of this, just let me know. You can also find it online. That's kind of how I literally Google searched everything. Um, so you have like your graph here. So 1979 was the very first year. So newsstand was 94% of the market and direct edition was 6% of the market. Jeez. So you're not going to have that much. And then by 1982, it was 80 for newsstand. And then obviously the other half was not half, but it was the other was direct edition. 1986 was the year that actually was the turning point for direct edition for and versus newsstand. Oh boy. It was a 50-50 market. Yeah. 1986. That's Okay, he and I were both born in the early 90s. Right. That's not too far from where we were born. No. Um and then it got huge. 1990 it was 85% in the direct market and 15% in the newsstand. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. Um Hello Avenger. <laughs> Um, but then, yeah, once we get up, it starts kind of just slowly declining. And by the time that this article was written uh, in 2013, it was 1% newsstand market and 99% direct market. Jesus. You're not, today in this day and age, you're not going to find a newly published newsstand. No. Essentially. Not at all. Um, so, you know, that being said, like the prices, they vary. You know, if like if you find a newsstand... From 1979 to 1985, there might be two times the regular catalog price. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. You know, depend, depends on the condition of it. Um, and by, But as it gets older, that's when, like, 2005 and up. Mm -hmm. Ten times if you find a newsstand. Yeah. Like, so you say that this comic's worth four, uh, $4 or whatever, and it's a newsstand from 2010... That's a $40 comic now because it is rare to find that newsstand in such an early year or, yeah, early year. Yeah, and that's just, you know, it's base pay. You also have to consider, like, uh, the condition that it's in as well, right? Yes. And if you get it graded, yeah. oh boy. Yeah. Um, so that's where I kind of, like, get off as, like, the little nerdism thing is the whole grading of these things. Okay, so the first graded comic was not <laughs> graded until November 9th, 1999. Okay. Very first. Very first comic. The very first comic that was graded was Walt Disney's 
Fun and Comics or something like that. Number one from uh, Dell Publishing, 1940. Of course Disney would have comics, naturally. Of course, of yes, course. but it's 1940. Yeah. So that's an old that's comic. Old. Um, but that was the very it. first one that was ever graded. So right before Y2K. Yeah. Um, and it, they just weren't all that popular. Okay, fine, whatever. They were slabbing comics well it became a thing because people were you know slabbing coins they were slabbing baseball cards and stuff like that they probably went through a huge fad so they're like what else can we slab exactly um and so that and it actually started to stick um so mind you there are like three different companies and one of them i can't even remember i think it was started with like a p pg or something like that or something like that p and g Oh, yeah. PGN or whatever. I can't remember. Um, they're not good. If you ever find a comic slab by them, it's, they probably did it wrong. Um, and that's trying to be nice. Um, but most of the comics that you're going to find now are going to be graded by CGC, which is like the certified grading company. They're good. Or CBCS, which is second and best. But they're still good. They're actually made from someone who used to work at CGC, and they went off and created their own company. Right. So uh, the third company is PGX. PGX. Yeah, PGX is not something. You, if you find a slab comic from them, it's not worth much. Um, they didn't really take into a lot of the factors of like history and of everything in order to do it correctly. Oh. Um, okay. And they also just didn't actually do it right in some cases. Like, some of the actual slabs were actually terrible to look at. Um, but, so what I've got right here is a comic from 1964, My Strange Tales 125, one of my oldest comics. I have Strange Tales 119, actually. Um, but this is a slabbed comic, graded 8.0, so it's great for the condition that it's in. It's a 1964 comic. Yes, it's newsstand. Now I'm going to talk about how the covers look. So the covers in most of these comics prior to 1979 and maybe a little bit 1977 I think uh, for some of them, um, they're not going to have a barcode on the front. And you can see this doesn't have a barcode on the front. No, it does But not. it's a newsstand comic because direct editions didn't exist. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, it says Strange Tales, a sensational submariner, tackles our two battling buddies, the, the Human, Human Torch, Torch and the Ever Loving Thing. And uh, it, co featuring the mysterious Doctor Strange. Uh. Um, but yeah, so it's. But it's a newsstand. But they're not going to label it as such because at, the, at this day and age. Am I supposed to be able to see something? No. No, it is. Uh, I'm. Uh, frankly speaking, on Friday's podcast is a very traditional podcast. It is just talking. Yeah. Um, but we're trying to describe it for you. But I mean, so this comic, it doesn't have the barcode on it. Um, they're not going to. No, because why because would they? Because this is a newsstand. And they're not going to label it in the slab because that's all that existed at this time. So they're not going to label it, you know, up here to be like, oh, newsstand edition didn't exist. Yeah. Um, and so then we Neat get into... cover art, though. I yeah. like it. See, that's the reason why I liked it. Um, and then we get into a little bit later. Let's, this is the one I want to show first. And it's interesting because this is a 1977 comic. Yes, direct editions did exist. And you want to know how they existed? Wow. It's interesting. For any any comic book stores that existed at the time, they were sent 
the newsstand edition and told to take a marker through the barcode. Interesting. And that is what made it direct edition. This does not have a marker through it. No. And it's a 1977 comic. And it clearly sta states newsstand edition. Yeah. On the on the little slab up top. This is uh, my Ms. Marvel number three, uh, graded 9.6, uh, introduced in March 1977. Um, and it's a newsstand edition. So with with all of that, it labels it specifically on that slab. Yes. It says so itself because at that time, yes, there were comic stores that were selling these comic books. Although few and far between, they were there. Um, so now, direct editions officially have come out, 1979. Mm -hmm. I have a comic here from 1980. Um, it is my Doctor Who number 57 from Marvel Premiere. Okay. So Marvel Premiere, they just premiered a lot of things uh, for that. Um, so what I've got here is my comic here. It is newsstand, but it's not notated on here. Okay. There's a difference. You have pe different people grading comics. Some people notate them, some people don't. All right, so how can you tell with this one? So how you can tell, you look at the barcode. Okay. It's not been It's blacked, not been blacked. Not been blacked through. And if you go online, and uh, specifically, not advertising, but advertising for uh, mycomicshop.com, mm -hmm. they actually do take pictures of their each one that they're selling. Okay. So look at mine. Has that barcode on there. Yes, it does. Now look at one of them that they are currently selling right now online. It just has a uh, black and white Spider-Man face. Yeah, black and white Spider-Man face in the place where the barcode would be. Interesting. So Spider-Man face is the direct edition. I see. This is a newsstand. Now the difference between all the grading and why they didn't do that is because, like I said, some graders notated that as different. Yeah. Some did not. Now, to kind of why I put the year that this was graded on, which was actually last year, in 2020. Oh, yeah. Well... Funny enough, last year, probably actually 2017 to last year and up until essentially now, um, that's when people started actually paying attention. Like actually discovering this whole thing. Yes. But it's interesting because the article that I found from last year that was written uh, in May, right around the time that this was actually slabbed, yeah. in May of last year, he references the art very first article that I ever read about new stand versus direct edition comics that was written in, on, uh, yeah, in March of 2013. Oh, boy. Okay. And so in 2013, yeah. that's when it was told to the world. Although probably unintentionally... But it actually spilled the beans about a lot of things. Yeah. About, you know, what the newsstand comics are worth, how little they are in the market now, and how much they were back then. Yeah. And how much Marvel, you know... It, it, this guy may have goofed up by sharing it, but it's on it's on the internet. You can look it up. I mean, that's, that's kind of the good-bad thing about the internet, is that you give a hint of one thing... Anyone catches it, it will blow up. Yeah, it's, but this didn't. It did not. It stayed there. Probably many comic store owners may have notated it, but they were like, 
just some crazy old guy that worked for Marvel sure. is saying this stuff. Yeah, yeah. No. And that's the reason why it took a few years. So up until 2017, that you look online. You can look online about this, and you're not going to start seeing articles about this until 2017. And then they start trickling in in 2019, 2020. There are a crap ton of articles yeah. about this because now people are no noticing. And so that one article that they said, the guy spilled the beans, he wrote his article in 2020. Do you have that article on you? Yes, I do. Do you mind if I read it? Uh, I mean, it's a 13-page article, so oh boy. have fun with that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I've got the article here from 2013 um, that essentially he just he talks about um, looking at all the early direct edition market editions and all like the pricing and everything and how they work things. Um, how he worked at Mile High Comics. I think he actually started Mile High Comics. Okay. Um, and then I have the 2020 article here that goes through and it, and it literally says right here in 2013 an industry insider spilled the beans about the difference in distribution numbers between newsstand and direct edition comics over the course of time at marvel well then yeah right there mile high comics yeah that's him and it actually gives chuck his name is chuck chuck rosansky yeah chuck rosansky spilled the beans I wonder if he faced any type of retaliation from Marvel as a result. He's of, retired. Well, I mean, they could potentially get him with some sort of uh, legal suit if he signed some sort of... Potentially, um, but I don't think... I think at that point, Marvel's like, I don't care. We don't care if they know. People are still going to buy our comics. Stan this Lee, is actually going to make our comics more popular now. Yeah, Stan Lee was probably still alive, too. Uh, he well, was alive yes, then. Yes, he was. So, not uh, in 2020, but... I'm sure he was even thinking about that situation. He's like, yeah, it was a secret, but you know what? Whatever. Yeah. He seems like a dude that was just, like, toking it all the time. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's right there. A 2020 comic hasn't been notated, but whoever graded this may not be aware. This no. is actually a new thing that is starting to become more popular. And I encourage you, if you're looking at comics and you're looking at older comics, specifically circa 1970s and 1980s and even to 90s, look at the barcode. Specifically Marvel, I don't. you're not going to find this in the uh, independent publishing and you're not going to find it in DC because they all did their own thing, but none of which actually added value yeah. to the comics. Um, so I've got here a few comics throughout the decades to kind of show off that. So these are my... Hold on, uh, before you go into that, I'm sorry to yes. interrupt your thought, uh, but just a quick question. What is the... Because you showed... Um, this Doctor Who comic, mm -hmm. your uh, number 57, mm -hmm. and you showed the picture uh, with the Spider-Man face for it being a direct edition. So between these two comics, what is the price difference between the newsstand and the direct edition? So this is 1980. It's only going to be two times as worth. Okay. I mean, even still, that's, that's significant. How much did you pay for this comic? I have no idea. Okay. I, mean, I know I, I paid money for it. That's yeah. uh, that's as much as I know. I don't remember. I could actually look it up on my phone here because I do have that. And you purchased this before knowing that information, uh, the Doctor Who comic. Potentially. I may have had an inkling at the time. Okay. Um, 
but nothing but, like but solidified. I actually no I think this comic actually started it for me oh, did because it? I real I looked at it and I was like well why does everyone else's I want it, I want the spider I want the spider-man face and looking at it I'm like oh I don't want the spider-man face you yeah. don't want it if you can if you have any way to help yourself to if you've got comics in this era that one doesn't have the spider-man face and one does get the one that doesn't it's worth a whole lot more I wonder uh, why they decided to go with the Spider-Man face. Like, out of all of Marvel's characters, he uh, picked Spider-Man. one of the Spider oldest Man. ones. He is pretty old. He did introduce a lot of villains and, and heroes. Yeah. Mm. Let's see here. Because if this doubles its value, I mean, to reiterate, her uh, Doctor Who uh, Marvel premiere number 57 comic is slabbed at a 9.6 grading and it is a newsstand so i mean i can only imagine what you paid for it i paid 82 dollars for it and it's worth 170. there we go all from that little differentiation of mark mm -hmm. and its history yep um, so it's worth it. Trust me. Yeah. It's totally worth it to look for them. Um, so continuing, continuing a little bit. Um, so we're going to go into some later years, actually uh, some different stuff here. So I've got a 1975 comic okay. that doesn't have a barcode. Right. And then I have a 1976 comic that has a barcode. Bar yeah. Because they started differentiating. I see. Just right in between, right with those years. Essentially, there's some there's some rumor that they were like they were doing it before, they were doing it after. Nobody can actually agree upon when it actually happened, but for the most part, most people will say between seventy five and seventy seven is when they started actually officially trying to notate it yeah. with the barcode or with the slash. So this is actually a newsstand comic. Both of them are actually newsstand comics. Okay. Yeah. 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 And again great cover art yeah if you want to look it up yourself you can google um well there's giant size doctor strange from 1975 and then there's the master of mystic of the mystic arts doctor strange number one it's the 1976 annual you got to appreciate this old school art yeah it's really neat um and then you look here and this is 1992 and so you get different images yeah. for where the barcode would be Okay, we had a we had the Spider-Man head. Right. And now we have 30th anniversary of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. 1962 to 1992. So they just used some of this to celebrate stuff. I think they even had a 50th anniversary going on at one point for someone. Um, but this is a direct edition. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have the barcode. Um, and this is the uh, actually the second annual. It took quite a few years from the first to the second um but this is the second annual of dr strange sorcerer supreme from 1992 and it's number two um so you kind of get the difference in there and then here's this oh boy 39 of dr strange the very first his very first solo series yeah and then 40 wow so 39 barcode yeah 40 spider-man Spider yeah um, and let me look this up here because I believe 
there's a lot of information going through my head and it's really hard to remember it all at once but there's a lot yeah it's <laughs> just i promise there's a lot going on no you're good you're good it's just um again i've probably since yeah. you know it has come out more with this information i'm sure some of the comic people know but especially us when we first started to like majorly collect these things we had no idea about this yeah um so you want to know i knew i knew the dates would coincide so helpfully sure um want to know what the dates are i mean you see february on i 39. see february yeah and you see april yes this is 1980 really first direct edition comic wasn't printed until november 1979 Wow. And if you look at my collection of the his very first solo series, number forty is my very first direct edition. Yeah. Of his. Yeah. All of all from one through forty are all newsstand for me. Wow. So you were just getting twice the value without even knowing it. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. I like I've literally these these are purchased. A long time ago. I actually think they were purchased in a different state. And I didn't know. I didn't know what I was looking at. Yeah. Um, I'm slightly glad I didn't know what I was looking at. <laughs> because if I had gone by the whole, oh, I want a Spider-Man face, I would be royally screwed. Also, the fact is, I can't get that. Yeah. No, you couldn't. I couldn't have gotten that. Maybe, you know, issue, what, 36, 37, maybe. But that would have been the first direct edition ever. Right. Um, which is rare, which is like, you looked at that, the whole market newsstand was still more popular, but now I have a direct edition in 1980, one of the very first, which also makes that rather yeah. valuable. It would actually make it a lot more valuable because it's one of the first, um, you know, but it's, it's interesting. You kind of look at it, um, and some of like the condition between it, like it's kind of hard. It's a little dark in here, but if you look at the bottom, yeah. look how crisp the 40 is yes and then kind of look it's been oh it's been frayed a bit it's been frayed a little bit at the bottom yeah yeah even the corner yep and look at that crisp corner yeah difference in condition mind you only sold two months apart wow but you don't pay attention to these things when you're first collecting you don't think about it no you think you know oh, i guess i'll go into comic books but who do i want to collect well who do i like i guess i'll go with them yeah and that's basically where the end of that thought goes yeah um, so now I've got some modern comics. So this is how Marvel actually started to fix the whole confusion as to who's its, what's its. Okay. Um, they actually started doing this thing, and a lot of your Punisher comics uh, mm. are actually like this as well, where they actually just state right above the barcode, direct edition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. Just By straight up. I collect Punisher comics. Yes. Um, but just straight up, just yeah. says direct edition. Well, that's not a new stand. You can pretty much sell on that one for, for sure. Yeah. Or they'll do something like what they used to do before direct editions were a thing. There's no barcode. No barcode, no Spider-Man, no nothing. But it's a direct edition for sure. Yeah. Now, if you look at the years, now it is. And then you got here. Well, they don't have it on here that says it's direct edition, so how do you know? Well... Why would they be advertising a digital edition for at a newsstand? They're not going to. No, they're not. And by this point, this is actually a 2021 comic. I'm I'm very certain at this point that newsstand editions are like a fraction of a single percent. And I mean the tiniest fraction. They're only probably going to sell you uh, 
Spider-Man, maybe an Iron Man. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to sell Doctor Strange at a, at a newsstand anymore. No. Um, hell, they're not even going to do Punisher anymore at a newsstand. Um, so at this point, you know, you've gotten into the modern comics. They're, they're all, no matter what. They're all going to be they're direct. They're all going to be direct. Now, I did find, and I should have pulled it down, Your, I remember I was looking through your Punisher comics. Oh, yeah. And you had a 2007. Yes. Direct edition. Yep. I think between all of us, I think you have... Wait, direct edition or newsstand? Sorry, yeah, newsstand new edition. Stand. You had a newsstand edition from 2007 for Punisher. Yes, I do. Um, and I think between our entire collection, I think most of my stuff from like 2000 on is all direct edition. Right. Um, but yeah, you have a random just newsstand. Yeah, very old newsstand. No, very new. 2007. Oh, very new. Yeah, very new. Yeah, very newsstand. new. To, uh, 2007 newsstand comic. It's interesting. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of like the gist of what all I have. You have to look at the front of the cover, and it's only going to be Marvel that you're going to see this. Yeah, no DC, no third, no independent publishers, yeah. nothing of that nature. If it has a Spider-Man head, it's it's a direct edition. If, if it, it has an anniversary of Hulk or Spider-Man anyone any 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 artwork that is where you think the barcode would have been yeah that's direct edition if right there if it has a barcode but a line through it direct edition direct edition um, because that's how they directed many of their comic book store owners to be like okay well all we have is this so just put a line through it yeah um, so kind of cheesing it out, you know, kind of being like, oh, we don't really know what to do. You have artists, weirdos. Get an artist and do it. So they did. Yeah. Uh, just took them a few years to get to that point. Um, but yeah, for the most part, most of the, like, I don't know that I actually, I have seen comics with um, the barcode slashed. Um, but it was probably a comic that I wasn't thinking about it at the time as to... This is a direct. This this was a newsstand. This was a comic given to the stores, and these were comics given over here to the newsstands. They don't slash them, but direct editions do. Right. Didn't really think about it as that might be worth a little bit of something because that actually had human contact with someone at that point because they had to mark it out. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my spiel on that. Just how you can kind of tell the difference. You know, even if you're new and collecting and everything, like there's, you can you can still do yourself justice by being a little bit more thorough at looking at what you're getting. Yeah. Now I understand you're like, I just need this one comic. That's fine. You don't have to make a huge deal about going out and getting newsstand. A lot of people are doing that, and that's the reason why it's driving newsstand comic worths right. through the roof. Yeah. Is because everyone is like, oh, well, now that now that the be beans have been spilled... We gotta get our hands on them. We gotta it. get our hands on them. And so that's the reason why a lot of these comics are just... It's almost not worth it. Yeah. Until it maybe dies down a little bit. Maybe. Um, But by this point, most people are already gonna have some other older comics. Um, by this point, everyone that has read the article that spilled the beans and ever, all the ar other articles after that that have talked about that article. Yeah. Um, you know, they've gone through their old comics and they've already notated which ones and they know that now if they go out and about, oh, it's just happenstance that they may find one. Yeah. 
Uh, so never never toss to to the side. Be like, we already have this comic. Toss. Look at the barcode real quick. Yeah. Or if it has, whether or not it has a barcode, look. Because if it doesn't, you, you may still want to buy it. Yeah. Because sometimes comic book stores, where most of my stuff has come from, they don't care. They yep. don't care what they're selling. Yeah, they don't have the time in order to like look through every single one in great detail. They just they're like any other store. They mm -hmm. have they have their supply. They need to sell it due yep. to demand, and that's it. Yeah, I mean the only way that you're really gonna get a notated newsstand comic from a comic book store is if it's slabbed and it says it's newsstand. Yeah. Some comic book store owners, I'm sure, although I have not met one that actually does this will actually notate or pull out be like this is newsstand so it's better than this one yeah but it's gonna start becoming popular so i wouldn't be surprised if in the next few years that since newsstand is now making its headway through everything um and i mean even my comic shop i think my comic shop even joined an article at one point saying yeah there's no way in hell we could go through i mean you, you it's a website yeah. it's a warehouse yeah full of comics they do not have the time to sit there and notate which ones is which no. if you see one where they took the picture of the cover like i have this one they took a picture of this cover that's actually the cover of one of them right now yeah, it's the doctor who one yeah if they and there you can look on there you mm -hmm. can go under the website right now look up marvel premiere doctor who number 57 and you can actually see they actually take they let's say view scans it's actually the cover and sometimes the back cover of the comic and you'll see there's actually ones on there that have the barcode. So if you want that one, pay for it. But they're not going to notate the difference in price. They're just selling it by condition. Yeah. Because as my comic shop says, they don't have that kind of time. And it makes perfect sense. if they They're did, already going to make money anyway. Yeah. And if they did have that time, they would actually be losing money. Just because they would have to hire so many people train them if need be as to what they're actually looking for mm -hmm. and then just let my people go into yeah. the warehouse and open up boxes and potentially disorganize inventory yeah while paying all those new personnel that's a lot of time i would be glad money. to do that i would be glad to do that for 20 years i have no idea why but that's the nerd in me i would be like oh my god i'm holding this one i get to hold it well the thing also <laughs> is that the only reason why that would be a good perk is be like okay you got to go and do this job. This is what you're looking for. If you have your own collection, great. And if you find one that you want, you can put it off to the side for yourself. Yes, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. Right here. Yeah, put it off to the side. We'll just take it out of your pay. I will actually go in there and work for half pay if I can get all the comics that I want. God, there'll be some days where, hey, boss, I worked for free today. Okay. Yep. <laughs> But, I mean, that's it's unrealistic. Like you said, that's completely unrealistic yeah. to have people go through and do that for many of the comic book stores that have hundreds of thousands of comics yeah. in them. Without it's just, yeah. no, they're tired. They have, they have other people to take care of in their life. Huh. <laughs> God, um, you want to tell that vulture story? Vulture story? Yeah. We went to. Um, oh yes. Yeah. Okay, so we. So um, an example of uh, how ravenous the comic yeah. book community can be. Yeah, we went to well a half price books outlet. 
weekend uh, bookorama whatever sale thing. I can't remember what it was. It was a huge ass warehouse somewhere yeah. within Indiana. And we went in there. We went in kind of just thinking, oh, we'll just kind of thumb through the comics um, and, you know, find any other books that we may or may not want. Um, mind you, we got there when they essentially opened and yep. they were just letting people in, you know, pay your dues or whatever you got to do. Get in. Yeah, we were the um, first 50 in. Yeah. And so we went in there and um, let's just say it was right i think yeah it was right before covid hit i think yeah um and we were elbow to elbow meanwhile everyone else is wandering around not elbow to elbow yeah, just <laughs> throughout the warehouse but right around the comics it was like a flock of vultures it was a huge people warehouse. were pulling boxes out from between my legs his legs they because there were boxes under the table yeah. and when they went through the table that was there and everything under the table they went and there was a saran wrapped f flat of multiple probably easily 50 boxes of short, well, short boxes of comic books, and they unwrapped the whole thing and started going through all the comics in those boxes. So here's the thing about that too, is that the amount of comic books that was there was rather substantial. It was a small little section dedicated to comics, but they piled it with box after box underneath on top. And the people that we were just kind of talking with and just picking up on conversation they were comic book store owners mm -hmm. and associates so and in addition to that i was talking with one of the employees they said yeah we're going through a rotation thing so every single day that we do this we're going to swap all these guys out with some new ones so yeah. that way there's always something new and available okay cool makes sense just follow the rules and have that what's available to us no Comic book dudes said, fuck that. And we were just off in a corner, just like looking through what we got, making sure we not had duplicates and it's filling in gaps for our own collections. And we just see them just tearing this poor, uh, just this palette they, of uh, comics, tearing the palette apart, opening the boxes. And then I think at that point, if it was like bad, they were just leaving piles on the ground yeah. and just taking what they wanted. I'm like, my God, look at those vultures. Yeah, literal vultures. And I think at one point, I think one of like the half-price book associates that was there helping, I think they started to walk over there to try to stop them, and then I think stopped in their tracks and turned around and walked away. Yeah, fuck it. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to tell these people, hey, you can't do that, and then they'll be like, well, we are, so here, we're doing it. Yeah. Be like, I'm not going to come back tomorrow to pay another entry fee just to go through the boxes that you just that you choose to put out. No. Yeah, it was like a good 20 to 25 people. It was a large group. Yeah. And, I mean, we thought about it like, oh, we could maybe try to just grab a box or something like that from the... No. No. We got enough of what we wanted. We're not that. We're not that bad off. Like the both of us spent, like a little over a hundred dollars each that day. Yeah. Uh, so, I would rather spend that and be happy with my purchase rather than losing a couple of digits from my fingers. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly what it felt like. It was. A little insane. I think even my mother was there, and she was just like, I was wondering if you guys were a part of that. It was like, at first, but then when they started going ravenous and vulture-like over at the palette, we were like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, no. We, we are the comic book collector, collectors who have class. Eh, a little bit. <laughs> I have my moments. 
You have your moments. Indeed. So, uh, anything else that you wish to add? Any tips uh, other than what you have uh, said concerning newsstand and direct edition? Any tips for anyone who is new and wanting, considering to get into collecting comic books? Uh, um, what would you advise to them? Go with what you like. Um, full well knowing that if you like Spider-Man, you're in it for the long haul. If you like Iron Man, you're in it for the long haul. If you like anyone with a big name that's had a lot of movies made for them, you're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Go with what you like. If you're not a Marvel person, that's fine. Collect whatever you want from DC. Collect whatever you want from Independent. If you like the artwork, get it. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of go with what you feel you like. I like Doctor Who. I've, specific, I've watched the show. Didn't know that there were comics made for it. And stumbled across a few out, just out in the world, and was like, huh, interesting. So I got that, realizing that Marvel also had Doctor Who comics themselves, which I actually own, I think, some of them, majority of them now. I think I'm missing, like, three or four. Okay. Um, but, yeah, just go out. If Yeah, it's a TV show. Yeah, th these comics came out after the TV show was created. Fine, whatever. I'm collecting comics from a TV show, but some of these actually create new stories. Right. Um, in addition to that, something that I would say is just because a comic is not Marvel or DC, do explore independent mm -hmm. uh, uh, publishers. Just because if it wasn't for independent publishers, you know, we wouldn't have Walking Dead. Yep. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't have Spawn because Spawn actually began uh, through a uh, independent and still is within a uh, independent publisher. Um, Let's see, who's another good famous one? Oh, the Fable series Yeah. also would not have been uh, created as well, or at least popular if people didn't give these independent publishers a chance. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of others that we collect, and I can't really yeah. remember off the there, top of my head. There's a lot. <laughs> but in addition to that, independent publishers don't have to make and meet such substantial deadlines and they are allowed leniences to be more creative and the best example that i can think of which is amazing and i still want it is that dark horse comics came out with a comic book series which oh. covered the entirety of the ring cycle wagner's ring cycle they illustrated and put dialogue to all four operas that is so cool. Yep. So please do give independent publishers a, uh, a good look through because you'll be extremely surprised at what you can find. And um, or what you may be surprised that's actually being published. What's that? Uh, like Knights of the Table? Knights or? of the Dinner Table. Yeah. It's just... It's just some guys playing D&D &D and just shooting shit. Yeah. And they created a comic book about it. It's just everyday what have yous. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, let me record all my nerd moments with my buddies. Yeah, essentially. Um, so, I mean, any more information that I can impart with you, obviously go with go with what you like. Go with the art style that you like. Don't, don't be like, oh, well, everyone else collects it, but I'm not so sure I like it. Don't. Don't worry about it. Don't spend money on something that you're eventually going to not like. Yeah. You know... Kind of, if you just like, this actually just looks kind of cool. Let's go with it. Then go with it. Go with it. Um, that's how you start your collection. That's how you start to 
you know, find out that your gut instinct was actually correct. Um, so wh whatever you're going through that, yeah, they made Fable co Comics. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Fable Comics actually came first. Uh, uh, what was the, um, the publisher for the... Uh, Vertigo? Yeah, Vertigo Comics came out with a uh, Fable series, I believe, initially. And it began with the Fable comics, and then it went into a bunch of side series, one of the more popular ones being the Jack of Fables. I'm not entirely sure what they made of it, but then once... Um, oh, shit. Once that one video game series came out, um, The Wolf Among Us... Mm -hmm. Uh, Telltale. Once Telltale came out with their rendition of the Wolf, of, uh, Wolf Among Us, which is based on you know the Fable comics, uh, then Vertigo was like, okay, I guess we'll just take the video game and put it into comics too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they did. Yeah. Uh, so definitely give give independent comics a try. They're yeah. awesome. They're awesome. Um, but yeah, just. Whenever you do go out after your comics, if you are ju uh, going after something that is um, older, look at the barcode. Yeah. You know, just know that if you go to a place like Half Price Books, they do not care about newsstand. They, they are not going to know because they don't know. They don't know. None of them would do. Yeah. And you, they would be a rarity yeah. if someone did. So look. You never know. That's kind of why I honestly was thinking. I was like, well, maybe if I ever just decide that I just want to go there and just find some Marvel comics, look, you never know that you may actually find a newsstand comic. Not sure how great of a condition it'll be. Yeah. And yeah. but you can look. Um, and the same thing with most large comic book stores. They're not going to make that differentiation unless it's through a slabbed comic. Yeah. Um, and even then, they're just going off of someone else's judgment rather mm -hmm. than actually knowing the information. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just go off of your gut for what you like to collect. Notice, if, you're co if you are going to try to collect Marvel, do notice the uh, difference between, you know, either having the barcode there, barcode with a slash, or Spider-Man's face, or any anniversary celebration or anything like that, you know, notice the difference between that. And you're going to find that most of your comics uh, pre-1980 are pretty much all going to be newsstand comics. Yeah. Um, and anything after 1980, that's when you're going to start seeing uh, comics more direct edition. Um, but if you do find one after 1980, that is... That you're looking at it and you're like, I can't determine whether or not this is direct edition. It doesn't, you know, it's, it has, doesn't have the Spider-Man face, but it also, like, it has this barcode on there, but I'm not sure, is this code meaning it's direct edition? Look it up. Yeah. Look it up. Ask a friend. Ask me. I have an, I have an email account, shellbeast at gmail.com. Ask me. Take a picture of it. I might be able to help you. You never know. Um... But, yeah, just kind of pay attention to at least the cover of what you're looking at. Marvel Marvel kind of put some gems in there without without really knowing. Yeah. But, hey, thanks for spilling the beans in 2013 so that we now can have a little bit of fun while shopping. And there you have it. Happy hunting to y'all. And, uh, you know, just be a little more mindful of what you may pick up. So, uh, you mentioned this, and I like the idea... Uh, 
let us look through our what if comics. Yes. And we're going to just, we haven't read any of them, um, but we have a lot. So we're going to, just based off the title, we're both going to assume what may happen and what it's about. The only alternate reality comic that I personally read was uh, The Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe, which has one of the best open panelings ever. If you want to see Cyclops get fucked, <laughs> you, you read the first couple of pages of that comic, and it's, it's funny as to how he dies, because he stood no chance. So what do you got? So, out of the comics that we have that are what, well, at least that I have, because I collect the um, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, and what, and a bunch of other people. Um, so I have this one. What if Ghost Rider, Spider-Woman, and Captain Marvel were villains? Mind you, this is going to be the male Captain Marvel. It's right. 1979. So, Spider-Woman... Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, okay. And Captain Marvel. Wow. That's a tough one. Well, okay, it just says, what if they were villains? That doesn't yeah. mean that they were, that they're, they're in cahoots with each other. So Not they, necessarily, they could just be doing their own things as they would be. Right, so that means that, um, I would imagine that Strange and Stark would probably have to take on uh, Captain Marvel. Or, or Marvel, I yeah. believe. Yes. Uh, so their hands are going to be full just because he's pretty damn powerful. Uh, Ghost Rider, I don't know. I don't really find him to be too threatening. I honestly think the Punisher is more threatening than Ghost Rider. Yeah. So Punisher and. Um, and Daredevil would probably have their hands full with uh, the spider. Spider-Woman? With Spider-Woman, yeah. Yeah. But then the other thing is that if they are villains, they also may be in contact with um, uh, who's big, uh, who's the big white boy? Kingpin? Kingpin, yeah. God only knows how buffed his ranks may be if one of them joined him. Yeah. Even Ghost Rider would be more of a threat if that's the case. Yeah. I don't know what you think. I have I have no inkling as to any of that. <laughs> um, like, like, did you know that like Ghost Rider's like most vicious attack or what have you is basically he stares deeply into your eyes and you basically see your own hell and damnation through his empty fire holes. That's his, that's his special move, other than just having a motorcycle and chain whips. Interesting. Let's try to spend only a couple minutes, you know, thinking about each of these, because there's a uh, lot. Okay. Uh, what if Doctor Strange were a disciple of Dormammu? Well, we'd be fucked. That's my answer. Well, I mean... He wouldn't be supreme. No, he wouldn't be supreme because he's a disciple of Dormammu, so he'd be working for Dormammu to get all these crazy things that now all of no one else yeah. in the Marvel Universe can see. Um, fucking up New York, and nobody knows what the fuck to do. Yeah. So like I said, we'd be fucked. 
Um, I wonder if that story is like, you know, he's a disciple of Dormammu, but then he's like slowly noticing the flaws of the way and is trying to revert himself back to good. I doubt it. It's a what if. It's a. Oh, that's true. They kind of go balls to the walls, yeah. don't they? Um, then I have, what if Doctor Strange had not become the master of the mystic arts? Well... He'd be living his life on disability. Yeah, more than likely living his life on disability, not able to perform surgery or be a teacher yeah, of some sorts. College professor at Stanford. You know, something like that. Um, Probably go mad. But that's the thing, if he wasn't the master of the mystic arts, it's if, if he never even went in. That's the thing, is like, did he go into it and just give up? Yeah. Or, you know, how far did he go? Because if he... You know, went through and learned the mystic arts and, like, did certain things that potentially the New York Sanctum would not, the Sanctum Sanctorum would not have a protector. Yeah, yeah. Because that's who he, he is. I, so, I don't know. It, does, it doesn't really say how far he would go. A part but. of me likes the idea that he went there, failed, went back to the States, became massively depressed lived on disabilities but then got a part-time job as a janitor because he's a massive alcoholic and needs to pay for his booze i think that's pushing it a little far i don't you think so <laughs> I, I don't think that he would be an alcoholic in that regard oh he, that's right that's he, he, val- he values his mind yeah that's stark and uh uh captain marvel what if iron man lost the armor wars i'm not familiar with the armor wars i'm not either we might not be able to answer that. No, we can't answer that. What if Captain Marvel had not died? I really don't know. Well, well, we wouldn't have Ms. Marvel. We wouldn't have Ms. Marvel. And we wouldn't have the female version of Captain Marvel now. Well, that all... Yeah, and then that also goes to speculate, because I haven't read any of his comics. Mm-mm. So what did he do and accomplish to where him still being alive would be significant to the Marvel Universe? I, I don't know. You're, I can't you're asking that. questions that I don't I don't have answers to. Uh, what if Doom became Sorcerer Supreme? Hmm. I think it would fail. I think the I New think, York. I branch. think he would end up joining Dormammu. Yeah. Um, and then they would they'd be even more fucked because then he would have access to all of their all their items. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Uh, what if Daredevil was the disciple of Doctor Strange? That would actually be really cool. I feel like it would actually help out, and I think Daredevil would like having Doctor Strange on his side yeah. with Kingpin. Wait, what? Kingpin? Yeah, like taking out Kingpin. Oh, together. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumb. Yeah, God, Daredevil would be really good at that, too. Because yeah. he's already basically, you know... He's blind ninja master extreme. Punisher can't even take him out. No. Uh, Hands to hands, it's beside trickery. So if you add Daredevil's abilities in addition to magic, Mm -hmm. oh boy. I think think, uh, Strange's cape would want to cheat on him a little bit. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What if Iron Man became the Sorcerer Supreme? Uh, we would basically have uh, alien technology. I mean, combining magic and technology, that's basically what alien technology is to our minds. Yeah. Because we can't understand it, so he'd be the only one to be able to understand it. He'd be like, oh, you need a new hand? Well, I'll go ahead and use my 4D printer, and you'll have a new one by now. Yeah. 
Um, so, right, we're going to get into the ones that you have for Punisher. Oh, boy. What if the Punisher's family hadn't been killed? Would he even be the Punisher? He would not. However, Micro still would. Well, he wouldn't be... He'd be Micro still. Right. Uh, because Micro's family uh, died similar to the Punisher's, you know, mob crossfire. So what I think would happen is that while Micro is still trying to track down his own dudes, he would be trying to recruit people just for his cause. He'd probably come across, like, you know, worn out or retired or dishonored veterans who are still, you know, combat able and ready. He would probably go to Castle or Castellonis, Castellonis, whatever. He would go to Castle and be like, hey, I, I looked you up, I need your help, can you be a hired mercenary? He'd be like, no, for what? Well, my family died because of this. Yeah, well, I have a family to look out after. I'm not risking my life to help you get revenge for yours. Yeah. I'm sure there may be a tragedy or a mugging which may happen, but he's not going to go, you know, war against organized crime. No. Uh, what if Punisher had killed Daredevil? He would cause a huge strain against the uh, Marvel heroes. He would basically be hunted, especially by Spider-Man, um, by Captain America, certainly, because Daredevil and Captain America, their uh, morals align almost perfectly. And I think that's about it. He would... He would just create himself to be... Even, even more of an enemy in the Marvel Universe because we know that Doctor Strange and Punisher hate each other. Right. So, in, in addition to that, basically a turf uh, of New York would basically be open. Like Hell's Kitchen, I believe is where yeah. he is. That's basically uncharted territory for crime to just go nuts. Yeah. Alright. Kind of spoofing off because you said Captain America. What yeah. if Punisher became Captain America? I think he would have voted for Trump. <laughs> Ooh, let's not get too political here. Um, if the Punisher became Captain America, um, I think I think it depends on whether or not his family was still alive. Uh, because of saying the Punisher, they must have died. Uh, for him to become Captain America. Um, maybe he went back into the military, got captured by the military, and he got the superhero venom, uh, steroid injection. Yeah. And then, or maybe Captain America died and they captured him and be like, nope, you're our replacement, enjoy these drugs, and then let him off into the world. Unless those drugs had some sort of additive to make him more, um, just, uh, willing to take on orders then I can see him being Captain America and just being all America gung-ho, uh, due diligence and the system. Yeah, I was going to say, because Punisher's not due diligence in the system. He's just like, fuck everyone. Yeah, he's like, I already done my research on you. I know all your crimes. This is you. You're not worth it for anyone, any jury or court to take you on death. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right, what if the Punisher became an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> you know, it's interesting, too, because Fury has tried twice, I think, in order to recruit the Punisher, and the Punisher is just not team. So if he actually was a team player and became an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., they would be much more of a powerhouse, 
but I think the Punisher would eventually quit just because he would be back in the military and he hates the bureaucracy of the military. And S.H.I.E.L.D. is basically military plus plus. So, but what if he didn't hate that? If he didn't hate that? What if a certain personality trait of his made it so that he would? Uh, Then S.H.I.E.L.D. would have a very great soldier in order to be able to help with earthly type matters. But I think once they go into like the extraterrestrial nature of things and deal with gods, he could be useful, but he would need a hell of a lot of technology in order to be able to counteract well, that's anything Iron of that. Is, that's oh, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, he would be a valuable asset, I think. Yeah. Alright, and last one here. What if Spun- uh, Spunager? Spunisher? Uh, what if Punisher had killed Spider-Man from the very first the, comic yeah. that he was ever introduced in? What if he killed the man that was in the comic? Yeah, so I think I, it actually plays off of that very first introduction, like that very first time Punisher meets is introduced. Yeah. In Spider Man one twenty nine. Yeah. What if he killed him in that what if he killed Spider Man right then and there? So I think he was hired initially by the Jackal or the Jekyll or the Jekyll or something like that. Yeah. Um uh, and yeah, basically the first scene is just, well, you gotta kill the Spider Man. Why? Because I'm hiring you to do so. Okay. If he succeeded, then mm-hmm. Punisher would have just been a full-blown villain. I think he would have eventually lost his ways of beca- of raging that war against organized crime and just been a part of crime. Because then, just like if he killed uh, Daredevil, he would have been hunted by everyone else. Mm-hmm. So he would have probably teamed up with Kingpin. He probably would have ke- uh, teamed up with... Um, uh, the Green Goblin and everyone else and would have wreaked a hell of a lot more havoc, maybe even kill a couple of more supers. So which one do you think is worse, him killing Daredevil or him killing Spider-Man? I think him killing Spider-Man is worse. And I say that just because he would have been a full-blown villain. He would have fought back. He would have joined up with other people and just wreak havoc across all of New York and potentially the world. With him killing Daredevil, he probably lost, like, in Berserk or just fight or flight, killed the Daredevil, eventually realized, oh shit, this was a mistake, is being hunted, so basically his entire life is then spent staying underground, underground in yeah. the shadows, not bothering anyone or anything. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's what I think. Again, we haven't read any of those comics. We're simply speculating. Yeah. So now we have to read these comics and get back to you as to how wrong we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's our What If comics. That's our little spoof session of what we might think, what we think just based on our own knowledge of our characters, yeah. the, our comic characters that we like. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess with that said, that is the podcast. Again, my guest is Shelby. Thank you for joining. That was uh, quite informative. You're welcome. I, I really hope that all of you, if you haven't been able to join us the entire time, that's okay. This podcast is going to be up on YouTube this evening, but it will also be found on Spotify and Apple's podcast within the hour. Uh, in addition to that, uh, since you're a guest, you get to say where you are, what you've done, what's coming up with you. Uh, please gloat 
advertise. What do you got? Ooh, um, so I have my YouTube page, which is just Shellbeast with three E's. Uh, it's just right now has my mixology video, so if you want to check those out, I am a little bit of a aspiring mixologist bartender, if you wish. Um, but I like to just make some weird drinks. Yeah, like things. the gorilla fart. Yeah, but that's not weird. That's gross. <laughs> um, but I just make a lot of different types of drinks. If you have any recommendations, suggestions, whatever, I'd be glad to take them. Um, but find me on YouTube. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm mixologist underscore Shelby. You can find me on there as well. Um, I also have the face my the Facebook uh, Facebook page. Her Chicago's um, coming out. Bleh. Um, that is just Shelbyst again with the three E's. Um, but I'm also on Twitch. I do stream some video games every once in a while. Actually, trying to do it every day now. I've been primarily focusing on Monster Hunter World. Although this evening, he and I are just gonna sit back, relax, and we're gonna play some Fall Guys. Yeah. Whatever. We're inner children. It's fine. Oh, yeah. But tomorrow we will be streaming. Well, he will be streaming. Uh, my challenging of him of the Dark Souls challenge, which is actually we're calling it the Redarkening because he did it before and well the dlc didn't go that well yeah <laughs> it took a long time yeah um and so this time he's wanting to do it again so that he can make up for that ground and just show the improvement uh with the gameplay and i've got everything ready to go i've got a little binder over here um we're gonna have snacks all that stuff uh just join us yeah um we'll basically be streaming all day so come on in anytime yeah um, but yeah, you can find me pretty much almost on any platform. I'm going to start sharing some things on Hover so that I've got my little clips and everything. Uh, so you can check that out see if you like what you like. Subscribe, follow. Um, people like you are the reason why people like us keep going and doing what we're doing. So please subscribe, please follow, please share all that stuff. If you like what we're doing, follow us. Yeah. Subscribe to us. Get in while you can before it costs money. Yeah. Obviously, I'm here on Twitch, and as I mentioned before, this podcast will be on YouTube at slash Plays, also on Spotify and Apple uh, Apple Pod. Podcasts, or Podcast Apple, Dyslexia. And you can either type in my name, Frank Pador, or the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. Uh, there's a Facebook page that I have, and uh, Twitter, Instagram, the usual. You, you can find me. Anyway, as I always say... Keep practicing no matter what it is, so long as it doesn't hurt you or anyone else. Keep practicing. I'm going to continue to practice my hobbies and my interests. And that continues to be music and my love for the French horn. I'm going to continue practicing collecting my comic books. I'm going to continue practicing bettering my streams and my gaming. And I'm going to continue practicing my health. Uh, that is also sleeping physically and uh, mentally. So, I hope you do the same. Take care of yourselves. Be good. Be kind to yourself. Um, and yeah, do what makes you happy. So, uh, thank you again, Shelby's, for joining. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for listening. Hope you learned something. And uh, please stop on by this evening as we play some Fall Guys. Twitch.tv slash Shelby's. So, thank you again. And uh, have a good Friday and weekend, everyone. I'll see you next week. <laughs>